to another episode of the Lodestone Training Consulting Podcast. I'm Jared Ross. I'm Chris Johnson. And I'm Dan Metcalf. Thanks, Dan. Glad you're joining us today. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about communications, comms, ham radios, shortwave radios, and all sorts of stuff. And we brought in Dan as the subject matter expert to, uh, to, to give us a hint. You laugh. You're going to nerd out, and, and Chris and I are going to be lost in the sauce. Yeah, but I'll, I'll easily quote uh, Chris and say, if anyone says they're an expert, they're lying. Okay. Well, all right. <laughs> Dan is correct. He has yes. lots of experience. Yeah. And one of the great things about Dan is when I ask him a question and he doesn't know the answer, I don't know that. Two minutes later, he does. He has the answer for you. <laughs> well, we're, we're already getting too loud. Yeah, I can, sorry. I yep. that. Sorry. Uh, because you know he will do the research yeah. and he will he will get it back to you. Um, those of you that have taken classes with Dan, and uh, he says, "Hey, uh, this is my contact information. Reach out to me." He's 100% serious about that. Yeah. He wants those questions. Yeah, he will. We'll get there. He, he is the SMU, though. Yes, yeah. yes, he is. And that's why he's here to talk about the third leg. That's right. You know, we'll talk <laughs> about movement. We'll talk about shooting. We got to bring Dan in to talk about the equipment for that communications. All right, before we get going, let's talk about our 306090. So, coming up May 7th is one of our four women classes. This is Choosing the Right Pistol. So this is just for women, and for those who are not sure what kind of pistol they want, what they like, we have a lot of pistols for them to, to fill out and you know and to, to handle and, and to see which one fits the best for them. It's much better than going to the gun shop and having the guy behind the counter be like, oh, this one's pink. Uh, or, or, oh, you're a woman? Here, this yeah. revolver's for you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, nothing against it. There are, you know, having a, a, a gun that makes you happy is better than no gun at all. But you want something that is going to be viable, and that's what this class is about, is to help you or those that you care about that are in, entering the world of firearms to find the right weapon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for our 60 days out, we have June 22 through 26th is our small unit tactics battle drills. So that's five days with us out in the woods running battle drills, and really it's a good chance to learn a little bit about yourself. So it's very leadership-focused. That's what the primary thing is, teaching principles of leadership and walking through the woods, and uh, that is that is going to be a good time. I'm I'm so looking forward to this one. I, I love SUT. I love the challenges that it presents to it. You know, you heard in the SUT podcast how important this is. Come and learn about yourself. 90 days out, we got July 15th. That is AK Day 1. So that is a live fire rifle class dedicated solely to the Kalishnikov uh, platform. And prior to that, we will be having a podcast with a couple of uh, Kalishnikov fanatics, shall we say, who are going to come in and, and, and talk with us as we all discuss uh, that platform. You know, it's I made the comment earlier today with a, with a guy about uh, there's pretty much two. You have the AR platform. You have the air, you have the air platform, and you have the AK platform. Everything else is kind of trying to be one or the other, and those two are the platforms. Yeah, look forward to that. All right, so Dan, we're glad you're here. Uh, before we really get into uh, to you sharing your expertise and talking about all this stuff, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? <laughs> My, uh, for, first question: Are you a Boy Scout? I was. You okay? So first, for uh, I only only made the first uh, first class. Okay, uh, I we, didn't ask that. That's not the important thing. Yes. The next question is, 
have you been to Philmont? I have not. You have not been to Philmont? No. And that so is there's two why, of you. That is two why I brought Dan. That is the only reason why I brought Dan. You know, our, our, our troop would always go to Goshen. Okay. So never Philmont. Okay. Cool. All right, now. All you. <laughs> so Dan Metcalf, uh, uh, born and raised in Maryland, moved to Tennessee five years ago. I'm a software engineer by trade. Um, got into radios, oh, 2010-ish. Um, when I got licensed, um, we uh, quickly learned, uh, quickly got into emergency communications when we had some natural disasters in Maryland that uh, shut down comms. So I uh, had to jump into that real quick and, and learn how to do that and make plans. And um, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just a software engineer, uh, living in Tennessee, Clarksville. Okay. Uh, playing radio where I can. Right on. Um. How long have you had your uh, your ham license? Uh, it was two thousand June of two thousand ten. Okay, so eleven years. Eleven years. Okay, right on. And what's your uh, further shot that you've made? Oh, a, a really cool shot I've made uh, is a with uh, a radio, not a rifle. With, with exactly with a radio. It was HF. Uh, um, there was a Russian radio operator on a Russian oil tanker in the middle of the Indian Ocean. <laughs> I hit him with a vertical, a twenty-three foot vertical antenna with a uh, running an HF radio at half power. So it was only 50 watts. Okay. So uh, I don't know. It was it was a cool shot. I, I didn't think it was ever going to happen. <laughs> so those of you who feel that the world is not flat, uh, that is on the other side of the planet, correct? I mean, yeah, you know, Indian it, Ocean is, it, out, yeah, is out there. It, it did have to go quite a ways, right? From Maryland to the Indian Ocean, yeah, yes. Yeah. There was some curvature of the Earth that applied? No, oh, absolutely. Some bouncing of the, off the ionosphere. Yeah, absolutely. We brought you up here too to start teaching some some comms classes because mm-hmm. you know me as my background as a 18 Bravo and cross train as a medic and Chris yours as a as a Bravo good weapons guy and Intel. Uh, we know our weaknesses. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I, I know how to use the equipment. I can't tell you how the equipment works. Could you agree with me that on a ODA on a team, the Echo, uh, the the radio, whatever guy, he's the most hated. And then very every once in a while, the most loved guy well, on the team. When he gets the internet working, yes, um, you know he's he's praised. The moment the internet goes down, yeah, he's the worst guy in the yeah, world. Why can't you do the easiest of all jobs? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we don't ask you to carry anything heavy. You just got to make the internet work. <laughs> That's right? right. And I don't know when you went through the the Bravo course. When I went through, they kept beating into us. Make sure you tell those echoes. It's just a theory. There's no, there's no scientific fact. It's that antenna theory that they're learning. You got to rub those sticks together to get make comms. I, I still remember Afghanistan. Um, Brent Cooper, he was our our junior echo. Okay, and it was well, he he's he's the one with the Green Beret Foundation. Yeah, with the Green Beret Foundation. Awesome. Okay, um, really good dude. But it was like his extra duty assigned task from our team sergeant. You will have AFN up and running by the Super Bowl. Like, like and priorities. I mean, no. Well, now, and that was back when the Super Bowl was cool and actually semi-patriotic. Yes, what it's devolved yes. to today. This this was like circa uh, 2013. Yeah. Um, and I remember that like we would come back from a mission. We've been out for two days. Everyone's just beat. And Brent would get on the phone to AFN, and he'd be working that set. Like I. <laughs> I can barely keep my eyes open. I'm trying to go, you know, take a shower and go to bed. But no, he knew his place. Uh-huh. He knew he had to get that in working. <laughs> awesome. So, Dan, why don't you tell us a little bit about that, you know, the, your 
class. The emergency communications class? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I do is I, I share options uh, of what is available to the normal civilian, the person who doesn't have the military background, the military equipment, or the military expertise. You know, not all of us can afford the $10,000 radios that the military has. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, giving you, you know, you know, what the FCC allows uh, or gives normal U.S. citizens privileges to with or without licenses. So you don't necessarily have to go get your ham radio license to, to play in the areas that I, I, I teach about. Um, there are several services out there. You know, you got uh, MERS, uh, the multi-use radio service. you got uh, the general mobile radio service, or GMRS. You've got FRS, the family radio service. Uh, you got normal CB radios. We all probably don't enjoy listening to those so much because of, of the... Uh, they don't regulate what is actually said on CB radio. <laughs> gotcha. So I'm not going to let my eight-year-old child go out and listen to that. Um, you know, one of the things I like about the emergency class is you really stick with that, what principles are, and then, okay, here's the principle we need to be able to communicate. Here are some different techniques. Yeah. And where that technique may apply to you where you are on your journey, mm-hmm. uh, with what equipment, what finances you have, what licensings you have, but you, you stick to the principal base. Right. So, um, you know, I, I try to challenge them, people to think about who are they trying to communicate with? What are the obstacles between um, them and the person they're trying to communicate with? And, um, and I give you techniques to how to overcome those obstacles. Uh, we'll give you, uh, we'll talk, you know, talk about simplex communication. So it's just my radio to your radio, or we'll talk about using repeaters, which is a machine out in the middle of nowhere that can, retransmit what you're sending over a greater range. We'll talk about doing uh, HF locally, where near vertical incident skywave, where we don't use repeaters, we don't use VHF, UHF, we use HF, and we keep it local within, say, within the state of Pennsylvania. Okay. And, and But we launch that radio wave almost vertically off the atmosphere, so it doesn't go to India or the Indian Ocean or Pakistan, but it stays here, and you can get over the hills and in the valleys and... and, and uh, make that make that shot, make that com, uh, connection. Um, and then when it comes to the equipment, um, I try to keep it simple. You know, like oh, you need a radio, you need feed line, you need an antenna. And um, coax is pretty generic. You can buy that, you know. What is the radio that's going to complete the task is going to be the radio that gets the message through. So why spend $400 on a radio that, has the same features as, say, like a $95 radio that I can buy off Amazon. Granted, it's going to be Chinese-made, probably, yeah. the way they are today. Um, but most of even the big brand radios are made in China. <laughs> so, um, Or Japan, depending on you know, which company it is. Um, I see a lot of times guys being reluctant to buy equipment because they think they have to mirror what say you know law enforcement or military a great equipment right. you know it, it's like if someone came to me and said well i can't start a rifle class until i can have a mark 18 you know until i can have the best you know what socom is issuing yeah i can't get into it when no you just need to get into it right i mean that's kind of what you're saying is start off with what you can afford get something that's basic start learning and as you, once you start to get the concepts down, start upgrading. So, yeah, the thing that I tell, in fact, I told the guys tonight, is the best option you have, the, where you, the, the radio service where you have the most options is amateur radio. 
there's a lot more bands open to you. There's a lot more technology available to you as an operator. And once you get licensed, you're licensed to play. You're licensed to experiment. So you can go out and find a radio that does what you want it to do and then modify it. Do, you know, go in there and pull that, that diode off that is blocking another band that is legal to you to operate on. You know, you know do what you got to do to make that radio work for you. Why don't you, because the people listening, some know exactly what you're talking about. I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for something new. But there's a lot of people who are also listening right now who are already lost in the sauce a little bit. Sure. Why don't you go through and can you explain the differences between you know the the different bands? Okay. So the, the, the different um, you know bands that are that are open. The, the, the different bands that are open. Okay. So let's let's start with uh, we'll stop tar- top down. Yes. Okay. We'll start with um, FRS and GMRS. They're you know, 30 channels of GMRS, and they overlap 22 channels of FRS. Uh, GMRS requires a license. What's a channel? Okay, channel is a specified frequency. Okay. So there's 30 specified frequencies in the GMRS band in the United States. Um, there's 22 channels in the FR family radio service band in the United States. And then some of those overlap. And some of those overlap. And where they overlap, there are certain privileges um, with those overlap channels that... Um, will allow you to tra- use more transmitting power. Where FRS, you're only allowed like a half a watt. But with GMRS, you're allowed to have two watts or five watts. So, and that license is like $70. Okay. No test required. Um, family radio service is free. No license required. But you only get a half a watt of transmitting power. So those radios that are in the market saying 30 miles of range, you know, f- you know, at Walmart or whatever. Yeah. Not possible. Not on a half a watt of power. <laughs> okay. Um, coming down, we have multi-use radio service, or MERS. It overlaps with a business channel in the t- top two channels. So there's five specified frequencies that, um, that you're allowed to use. Um, they, it's no license required, no test required. You're just allowed to use them. However, on those top channels, four and five, you have to let the business people operate first. So we're secondary users. Okay. So if they're on there, we have to get off kind of thing. Um, at least that's how I understand it. Um, coming down again, now we're into the amateur bands of, uh, the, I missed the 70 centimeter or 400 megahertz band for the amateur radio. But uh, the, coming down, there's also the two meter band, which is the 144 to 148 megahertz. Anything amateur radio related, you have to have a license for. There are tests required in the United States and in other countries that uh, you have to you have to complete. And is this the ham license? Yes. Okay. Yeah, there's a, there's three in the United States. There are now three levels of license. There's technician, general, and extra. Uh, technician gets you all VHF and UHF privileges. So anything above 30 megahertz, you're allowed to freely play in and explore uh, based on the band plan that's posted on the FCC website. Um, the they get a little bit of HF. Um, but currently where we are in the sun spot cycle, where there's little to no HF communication right now, or it's hard to do it, um, they're, that band that they have to play in is really not that active. You know, uh, Jared and I both have experienced the echo making the excuse of, oh, sunspots, why his equipment didn't work. And I've never said, you know, why the 50 cal didn't work is because of some atmospheric condition. Once again, theory. Theory, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So up until hanging out with Dan, 
I can't tell you how many echoes I've made it through that have never been able to convince me that it was a real thing. But spending 12 hours in a car at a time with Dan, I have now learned that sunspots are actually a real thing. <laughs> like the sunspot, right? What do you mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, something's got to charge that ionosphere and yeah, allow the... Yeah. Uh... Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, on the ham stuff, on the these different licenses, you have to take a test. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I understand now there is a, uh, a fee that we must pay to the Crown... Uh, in order to uh, gain access to these things. Yeah, for I don't know how many years now that the amateur radio service has been active. I don't think they've ever uh, charged a it, fee. It's since like 1932. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden now we have to pay a $35 fee to uh, register our licenses. That sounds perfectly reasonable. For, sure, you know. sure. Well, it's uh, it's uh, from what I understand, it's both on the initial registration and the renewal of your license. So, if I have my technician's license and I want to get my generals, or no, it's general then technician, right? No, it's technician. Technician then general. general. Do I have to pay the fee twice? You know, I don't know how that works. It may. It's a new thing, right? It's a so, new thing. Yeah, They're like, still trying to figure out how they're going to collect the money. So. Oh, great! <laughs> <laughs> it only went into effect like two weeks ago. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. So all of us out there that have been saying for years, oh, I need to get my ham license. And you've postponed to this point. We have now cost ourselves $35. $35. Yes, absolutely. Possibly 70 Well, yeah, if you do it both technician and general at one time, because you can do that. If you pass your technician test, mm-hmm. and they'll, the examiners will most likely offer you to take the general test. If you pass the general test, they'll most likely offer you to take the extra exam, um, all without paying any additional money. So usually it's like 15 bucks or something like that to take the test. And then now you got to pay $35 to have that test registered with the FCC or the license issued. Um, you got to pay for the bureaucracy. You know, why I'm thinking of it, as most of your listeners know, our office and where we uh, record is above the Lenko Tactical Gun Shop in Elizabethtown. And we don't, at least we haven't yet, we haven't sponsored it yet, but Lanco occasionally, like once, maybe twice a year, they sponsor a, a ham class. Mm-hmm. Um, so if... As we're talking, that's something you want to get into. Contact Lanco and, and see when the next time they're going to sponsor another ham class. To, you know, to get yeah, you know, absolutely to take the test and, and to get certified, right? Our yeah. license, I should say. Yeah, they, that's definitely the route to go. Um, I'm actually getting ready to start a class in uh, in Clarksville uh, for probably about a dozen people that want to get their license. Yeah. So those of you in Tennessee, there you go. Yes, it's coming. Uh, it's funny how thing how my time has opened up to allow it to happen. <laughs> so. Uh, and, and, and feeling inspired to do so. So we're, we're going to make that happen here very shortly. I've already uh, prepped the club. So Cool. As we continue throughout the class, I, mean, I, we, I challenge them to get their license because they have to be able to experiment. But once you get your license, um, I go in the class I go over you know, the different things that are available to you. You've got... Well, uh, hold, hold on just a second. So what you're saying is, and want to make sure that everyone listening is clear, that your class isn't... Your emergency communications class, it's not preparing you to take that ham exam or test. You're talking about how to actually use it and the principles and everything. Right. Yes. So I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you, give you the options or give the student the options on if they were to sit down right now and figure out how their family would communicate if what happened in Nashville on Christmas Day happened locally where some guy decides that he's going to go bomb AT&T and now five states doesn't, don't have cell phone service. Yep. How, or internet service, how are you going to communicate with your family? Do you have um, the means to communicate? Or are you going to be just like completely frustrated, hands in the air, not able to 
get the message through. Um, I mean, we had, it's funny, we, I, I can't convince my wife to leave Verizon just because of these things that happen, like with AT&T. It would be cheaper for us, but yeah, uh, there's been a couple instances in our in our experiences where AT&T hasn't been able to come through, not to bash AT&T. It would, it's good service. They didn't do anything about the guy who blew up their building, um, which was a total, anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, 5G uh, conspiracy theorist, right? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, so we've actually had neighbors come to our house where knowing we have Verizon and used our phones to communicate with their family outside, letting them know they're okay. Um, this is what's happened. You know, everything's okay. Everything's good. Um, so they, that was their plan was to find somebody who had service. <laughs> but I give you other options, um, such as, you know, using other different radio services that we've talked about. Um, different equipment. Um, there's also, once you do get your ham license, there's stuff like SMS, you know, text messaging over radio. There's email over radio. There's satellite uh, communications. You know, there's a ham radio on the space station, and there's little CubeSats floating around in low Earth orbit that we can use. Um, there's, there's different techniques that we can use to communicate and at least get a, a single message through that we are okay. Uh, and, and if at the very end of the, the, the seminar is like, if you can't communicate and part, part of your plan is just meet at this location at this time after the disaster, yeah, make that plan. Got you. Uh, what are some of the um, common radios that you're seeing students bring into class or students that are, that are asking about it at class? A lot of the um, classes, you know, it's, it's going to be the cheaper ones, the, the ones that everyone can afford or most people can afford it's the bow things, um, whether it be the UV5Rs or the BFF8s or the, the cheaper $35, $45 radios. That they're, they're decent enough radios. Once you learn how to program them, they are a little tough to get a hang of. Um, I know you can't scuba dive with them, and I know that's very important. To they are not waterproof, um, but, you know, they are $45 radios. They're not $10,000 military radios that you can, you know, dive with. What, what are some of the... Uh those type radios, but, but are more water resistant. There are some, um, that are, uh, uh, Yesu makes one. It's the VX eight DR VX six. Um, but they're going to be four or $500 radios. Okay. I mean, they're going to have, they're going to have more features in them. They're, you know, they're going to be dual band VHF and UHF. Um, they're going to have like the text messaging capability, possibly some GPS position reporting type stuff. You know, you know what I've used, um, and I've had some pretty good success with, we had a land nav class yeah. last September, and it just poured buckets on us. On that first day? Of the, yeah, yeah, and we're running around using uh, Bowfangs. Um, I had a couple gallon-sized Ziploc bags, hmm? and uh, yeah, I threw the radio in a Ziploc bag, and it worked just fine. Yeah, well, that's... That's yeah. the old school uh, Viet- map case. Vietnam, you know, yeah. that's a, yeah. yeah, you know, wrapping in plastic. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, you have to be able to expect, you know. And again, it's a $45 radio. It's a $45 radio, exactly. And, um, if I lose a $45 radio, I lose a $45 radio. What about, um, I heard, some, Shang, well, I heard something about uh, importation with, uh, are they still importing bowfangs, or are they, they so not? they're 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 supposed to be locking them down further um, to only the the bands that they're advertising them for. Um, I know they got in trouble, and the FCC, you know, is all over them about having these wide open radios. They transmit on multiple radio services. You know, the regulations do say stipulate that 
if you read like GMRS or uh, amateur radio, that the radio has to be able to operate on on that um, that band only or those, those services only. Um, so having these radios that operate across multiple services and that they're programmable, I understand that they're... that is kind of an issue. That yes, it out of the box it comes at a half watt, but you can turn it to a five watt radio without any. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, just, it's just go in there and set the option to high power, and then you get a five watt radio. Gotcha. So it would be like um, for those of us that are eighteen Bravos or eighteen Bravo like, it would be like if you bought from the store a lower that had a third hole, but you were told never to put anything in that third hole. <laughs> That's kind of what's going on here. Is we have a, a capability, but it's on your good conscience not to violate that. Uh, that situation, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. That's um, So those of you that are putting stuff in that third hole, you're ruining it for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Ruining our well, we, 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 we're not. We're not doing the, the guy in uh, California who lit up a, a fire station in another county with a CB radio and a high-powered amplifier, and uh, all of his comms were coming out the loudspeaker at the fire station. He wasn't setting people on fire, though. He wasn't setting people on fire, but he was causing harmful interference to a government institution, and thus he got nailed, you know, fined pretty hard. Um, so, I mean, don't don't be causing harmful interference. Yeah. But now, again, since I don't know, that's why I'm asking. Right. But, so I get that that radio with, with, with the third hole. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's and, got, uh, got capability that, that's, you, that, that's that you're right. not authorized to use until you pay the your stamp. fee. So... I pay not my two hundred dollar tax stamp, but thirty five dollars. But thirty five dollars and brain sweat, for, yes. and brain sweat, and I get licensed as a ham, and then it's it. I'm good to go then. Yeah. Okay, it's time to rock and roll. Is, is what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So more talk and and more rock, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Mm. Okay. Well, I mean, for except for a few exceptions, you go from like the half a watt limitation on family radio service to if, if you're in an amateur band, fifteen hundred watts. Is your limit okay? I mean, except for you know, there's there's certain bands where you're limited to 200 watts just because it also resonates with the human body and body tissue starts to warm up a little bit. <laughs> okay. So so we're not so much in the uh, the realm of a, a third hole as in we're going to full destructive device with this is what you're saying. We're not weaponizing RF. No. Okay. 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 All right. Good. All right. Good. <laughs> Wouldn't want to do that. No. Right you, know, you know, talking frequencies, and uh, this is a question that has come up in the team room and other places, and I, I've had the conversation with you, uh, Faraday Cage. You know, hey, I want to protect devices and, and pieces of equipment that are important, um, or hey, I know that my uh, my phone is spying on me, and I don't want it to listen to, uh, you know, what movie I'm watching. Or, or, or when you're talking to your missus. Or when you're talking yeah. to your missus, mm-hmm. yeah. Um what are some good improvised things that we can do to shield from RF? Um, what was the one my kids threw at me the other day? Uh, one of their YouTube uh, providers or uh, uh, content providers, uh, she keeps her phone in her refrigerator. And whenever she wants it to listen to her, because she thinks they're always listening to her, she pulls the phone out of the fridge. <laughs> and then talks to the phone. So is that just, you know, saying chill out? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, when it comes to Faraday cages, um, you know, uh, the, the steel wire, you know, the copper wire mesh or 
the 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 safe. I actually use um, a gun safe that I seal up with um, uh, foil tape. Foil tape, but it also has to be grounded. Because mm-hmm. um, you, if if anything were to strike, you know, it's got to go somewhere. So running a, a ground wire to that uh, that container, uh, whatever you're using uh, to block the RF, it's got to go somewhere. So you got to ground it as quickly as possible. No sharp bends. No. Uh, um, no long runs. Try to try to get it as short as possible, as straight as possible to the ground. Okay, I, I know. Like uh, you know, family dinner, everyone's on the phones. I want it to stop. My phone's alerting. Uh, I'm put them all in the microwave, and then everyone thinks I'm gonna microwave their phones. Uh, Could work. I wouldn't turn it on. Well, that, that's what they think I'm gonna do. But you know, <laughs> I paid for those, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. That's one thing that yeah, I'd heard. Yeah, um, the, the mic. I've never tried it. So. You never tried that? No, yeah, I've never tried yeah. a microphone to uh, pick up old microphones um, or microwaves. Yeah, microwaves. <laughs> microwaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick, pick up old yeah. microwaves from uh, Goodwill yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. you're not plugging it in, but you're just using it as that improvised uh, Faraday cage. Interesting uh, with the the plastic door, though. I don't know that it would be perfectly sealed. Well, I, I think the, the idea is if it's preventing the those microwaves from getting from, out, from getting out, that's it's, en- it's enough to keep the RF out too. Yeah. I, to, I don't. I don't know. So gonna have question, to try it. The question is: Is it preventing those microwaves from getting out? <laughs> gonna, gonna have to. Well, it may be for that frequency range, but okay. it, may, it yeah. may not be yeah. RF. We'll see. My grandfather refused to eat anything that was cooked in a microwave. You know, uh, I believe you have a microwave. I believe we can. Oh, try, yes, we, I believe yes. we can try this out tonight. I actually have a spare microwave from when I was living in an apartment. I bought a, a cheap little Walmart microwave. I, I think well, we can try this out. Now we know. We, yeah, exactly. And then we okay. need to come back and report to uh, to everyone listening. We will return and report about this. Sounds like a great article someone should write to go up on the uh, on the Southstone website. That's right. Sounds good. We asked about what what um, radios, but what about some some bigger options? You you suggested to me to get something uh, bigger to broadcast. Yeah, so there's the handheld options. Um, I have a trusty set of radios that I have, but apparently they've all been discontinued and you can only get used ones now uh, because they've outlived their lives or whatever, um, but they still work for me. Um, so Yesu has come out. I, I'm a big Yesu fan. Uh, my first radio, my first HF radio was an old, old uh, Yesu radio, and I, I've tried other radios, Kenwoods, uh, ICOMs. So is the radio world like the gun world? Like you know, you have you you got a preference. If you're a Glock guy, you're, you're a Glock, Glock guy. guy. Yeah. So yeah. you're a Yesu guy. I'm a Yesu guy. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, because you got your ICOMs, you got your Kenwoods, you got the some Yagus, whatever they call those uh, new software-defined radios that are they're super cheap. Uh, well, not cheap, but inexpensive. Um, there's there's a couple other brands out there, but I I'm holding firm and true to Yesu. It's treated me well, and they've got some decent radios out there. For you know, for my liking, there you know, other people may like other things. I, I know people who are diehard Kenwood uh, guys. And what would be the Springfield version of a radio? Like something that someone would show up with, and you're like, oh, that thing's not going to last. Please get something new. You have to go Springfield, and not an X. X uh, yeah, I, I'm saying XD. Like, <laughs> what's the XD radio? You so, know? so the XD radio would probably be um, right now. Someone's like, man, I like my XD. I'm wearing one right now. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so I know that your wife is going to listen to this podcast. Um, Dan needs a new handgun. All right. Just 
as a friend. Just saying. Just saying. I only have two XDs, and that's my collection. So, yeah, I'm in trouble. Um, let's see. Uh, the Springfield. I have five radios, and you only have two pistols? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Mm. Uh, you know, honestly, the, the Yesu is, I wouldn't say it's the Yesu, uh, but we'd probably say it's um, probably the newer, the new Zygu um, radio. That's it's, what people should avoid. I wouldn't say they would avoid it, but it's unproven. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, a okay. New, it's a new radio. It's unproven that I know of. Um, I've seen a couple YouTube videos with it. It's just been released in the last couple of years. Um, Yesu has been steady with uh, both maritime radios and amateur radios for, I don't know, 30 years or more. Who knows? Uh, I'm sure I could look it up real quick. Um, but they, uh, you know, there's, there's newer brand radios out there that are just not tested. You know, and we're just now learning what their capabilities are. Um, uh, I haven't had anything fail on me yet. That you know, that it, it didn't work, but um, it's just uh, I, I'm kind of leery. You know, it's not okay. it's yeah. it's not like it's not it's not like a big name yet, right? So it's not like a Glock or a a, a Sig. You know, the well named or mm-hmm. Yezu. It's not mm-hmm. a well named name yet, but. Um, I'm sure it's coming. Okay. They're 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 out there. Yeah, some of the uh, auxiliary kit that you have, I I gotta say, I'm really impressed with your your repeater setup, your solar panels. Mm-hmm. You know, we can really go down the rabbit hole when we're putting these kits together, and it it all adds to our ability for our combo plan, right? Sure. I mean, mm-hmm. if I'm depending on city power then I'm also, you know, why wouldn't I use my cell phone? So if I'm depending that city power might be out, I might need to start thinking about something else in my, my plan. Absolutely. Like uh, I've got a 7,500-watt uh, generator in my garage waiting for the power to go out in Clarksville, which never happens because I'm right next to a substation. So it's, it's going to sit there and rust. It, it never happens. <laughs> no, so Weren't you out with seven days? Yeah, but they were – you guys were back up. We were up within minutes. Yeah. Nice. Um, nice. And it was – it was really weird, you know. You were ten miles from me. You guys had power, hot water that that day. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys kept saying, "Hey, come on over," and I was like, "No, you guys we was... will live primitively for this entire time. This is a great opportunity to test out stuff." Yeah, absolutely. And you guys had a blast doing that. Well, we did. Yeah, we absolutely. Did. You messed um, up. Absolutely. Um, and I also have the solar panel kit, um, eighty watts of folding solar panels with uh, the sealed acid batteries. Um, I use that as a backup power for uh, my my uh, repeater. Uh, it's capable of handling it. Um, I've got a uh, the repeater is um, a neat little setup. It's a uh, it's the, the the controller is a Raspberry Pi with a multi-mode digital voice modem board. So what that evidently means, that's not a dessert. No, it's not. It's a uh, it's capable of multiple modes, um, not simultaneously, but like one conversation could end in one mode. And then 20 seconds later, um, another, the next mode could come online and, and take over the repeater. So it's it's actually pretty handy. The club seems to be liking it. So um, I, I've kind of turned it over to them to let them play and see what, what it's capable of. Uh, but its uh, its basis is two Motorola radios. So there's like the high-end radio right there, right? The Motorola is good audio quality. Um, <laughs> old as uh, old as can be for the, the two models that I have is my repeater, the GM300s. Uh, 
uh, but they still put out every bit of the 40 watts that they're supposed to put out, and uh, they're, they're solid receivers. So uh, all, to, all the Motorola for making a quality radio. So what have you learned uh, teaching these classes uh, for us, the, the emergency preparedness uh, communications? That I don't know everything. <laughs> um, no, I'm serious. I, I go by what I, what I experience and what I have experience with. Um, and like uh, our family had the COVID you know, thing happen in January, um, couldn't go to work for the month. So uh, uh, I spent the month exploring new techniques, new capabilities, um, with digital, like uh, DMR, uh, D-Star, uh, what, what can the Raspberry Pi do with a sound card and a quick wire hookup to a radio? Um, you know, I, I was watching a YouTube video the other day of a, a gentleman who had bought a couple parts off of Amazon and plugged it into his laptop in his garage, and he was listening because he, he didn't have a license, but he could listen. Absolutely. And he was listening to all these different bands. Like he had an, uh, a regional airport near him, and he was listening to all their traffic. And uh, the local EMS wasn't uh, on a secure network. He was listening to their stuff. Um, and it, you know, he's like, this is like six, six, seven parts, whatever, that you buy off Amazon. And you throw together. Kind of interesting. So there's a, um, there, there's a, uh, a USB kind of like dongle that connects to a computer. That, uh, it's basically a software-defined re- receiver. Mm-hmm. It doesn't transmit. Um, it's just a receiver. But you get the right software onto your computer with this receiver. Um, you can listen to anything, uh, FM radio. AV, uh, you can jump into the, the aviation band and listen to aircraft, you know, as they're talking to uh, controllers over your head. Um, you listen to uh, uh, amateur radio guys. You can listen to CB guys. Anything that's out there, uh, the software-defined receiver can actually listen to, what, you know. Of course, you got to have the right antenna hooked up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, they give you like a little 900 megahertz antenna, which really doesn't do anything for you. So you got to f- find a different antenna to hook up to it to receive all these bands. But um, it's a really cool little toy. I've, ex- I've actually got one, and if you want to play with it, I'll mail it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I do have that airport by the house. I, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I should listen. Yeah, 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 right. That'd be fun. It'd be interesting. I, I, I don't know if it'd be fun, but it would be interesting. Yeah. You know. It, this is one of those things that I don't fully understand. Again, I know how to talk on a radio. Mm-hmm. I know how to communicate. But when it comes down to what is actually going on, I really don't know if it's actually, you know, little goblins carrying the, <laughs> carrying my voice across the airwaves. Uh, you know, Jared and I have spent a lot of time in the Middle East. Sure. And, um, Saudi Arabia, one of my favorite stories about uh, King Aziz, who is like the... Um, the patriarch of the Saud family. Right? Okay, yeah. Uh, when he wanted to bring the radio into Saudi Arabia, and he had to get the Udaman, which is the Council of Clerics, to approve it, they said, well, no. The radio is the devil, carries your voice to the other box, and then speaks it out. And so what he did was he said, well, can the devil carry the word of God? No, he, he can't. He's incapable. Okay, cool. Hey, go ahead and read the Quran. <laughs> and so they had, he, he caught him in that, and they, they had to, okay. So they then saw that, okay, the radio is not the devil carrying the voice to the next box. That's funny. So uh, the Saudis proved that it wasn't the devil. 
Uh, it still may be goblins as far as I'm concerned. That's why we've got to bring Dan in so he can... Uh, no, Chris, it's actually, uh, you know, waves bouncing off sunspots. Mm. I'm still not convinced, but okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in addition to, to that class, another class that we teach is called uh, Comms on the X. So where you're teaching all about how the radio works and the different options and, and everything, uh, this one really doesn't get into that at all. This is actually how to uh, go everywhere from I push the button, I pause, I talk, and then I pause, and then I undo, the, you know, let go of the button. So it's actually how to do that thing. S something that you would think would be very easy, but can be very difficult yes. to uh, master. Yes. So that's another really good class that, that we do, and... Um, we get into, into the pace plan. We talk about uh, you know what is, what is a pace plan: primary, alternate, contingency, and emergency. And that's when it comes to preparedness, emergency comms. That's that's really important. Um, one of the things that we just did as a company is we just purchased uh, some satellite phones that we hopefully will never use. But then if we can't get if we're doing like the interior environment classes, if we're doing SUT and we need to talk to the outside world, if the radios aren't working, we're going to have a base station with the radio. Mm -hmm. If cell phones aren't working, then we'll, we have that, you know, that emergency form of communications. Well, contingency, because emergency is the runner, and, you know, I'm not in the shape I used to be. Yeah, so, well, uh, that's why, you know, we'll have some young bucks up there. <laughs> <laughs> but then also that class gets into different things that help to communicate uh, with the, we talk about the Fennec alphabet, um, how to... Brevity codes, nine lines, salute reports, things that are in a systematic way to speed the actual communication. So some some guys down in fifth group right now are working on a new phonetic alphabet. Oh, yeah? Um, are you serious? So Chris brought this up to my attention the other day. Yeah. Um, every letter is going to be from a word that is normally silent. So, you know, <laughs> pneumonia. Yes. Yes. Knee. Yes. You know, I like where their heads yeah, at. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's, it's really going to mess with people. Uh-huh. Uh, that's awesome. But that, that class, uh, you know, those are some of the things that, that we get into. Actually, how do you talk? How do you communicate? Simple things like uh, protocol on the phone or on the radio or whenever you're, you're using the, these, um, these different means of comms. Simply, you know, getting on and saying, you, this is me. That's that's really important to break down all the confusion to let you know this is who I'm talking to even though I know 20 different people are on the same frequency listening in I'm not talking to them I'm talking to you and then this is me this is the person who's actually sending that message simple things like that to really help you know organize things and so when time is of the essence when you're on the X when you've got that adrenaline pumping then uh, with this systematic way of talking you'll be able to convey the information that intel that you need immediately to those people who need it. We kind of joked about it uh, with LandNav. The, the compass and the map is sometimes more uh, lethal than the rifle. The radio really can be. Yes. I mean, call for fire, <clears throat> calling in casts, that's where the money's made. Uh, I've mentioned Mr. Bly before, the, the medic on that first team into Afghanistan. He will tell you that what they brought was the ability to talk to aircraft yeah. and drop those bombs. So, yeah, that, that's what that, that class is all about, being able to talk and being able to uh, you know, know what to say when it counts. So tonight, Dan, you did a, another class. This is the first time we ran this class, and I thought it was, it was freaking awesome that uh, we were able to have people to come in and physically build and stuff. So why don't you tell them about the, the antenna class? Yeah, so I wanted to... Uh 
do some hands-on with radio. And the easiest way to do that was to build a simple, basic antenna. However, in the build, we're, we learned basic principles that apply to antennas for any band, any frequency. You talking theory again? I'm talking theory again. <laughs> talking math. You know, give them the formulas so that they can build any antenna for whatever frequency they want to operate on. But give them a, a small portable antenna that they can easily take out of the classroom with them without having a whole bunch of wire yeah. <laughs> strung everywhere. You know, last night we went and we picked all the parts up from Home Depot and uh, you had in mind that they were going to build this size antenna. Mm -hmm. The cool thing I saw tonight was the individuals, they knew what frequencies they were talking on. They did the math problem and one guy's cutting this antenna that's you know 18 inches. This guy's cutting one that's 7 inches. And they knew why. They were able to understand it. You took the, you took the mystery out of it. Like That's, you said, I'm going to pull back the curtain. You're going to see how this works, and they got it. Again, that is one of the things I love about this this company and about what we do. We're not saying do it because do it because this is the way I want you to do, it, or this is the way I was shown. We're teaching people the why, and then we're letting them figure it out for themselves and make that custom thing for themselves. And that's you know. Why? This is why you hold the pistol this way because it has this result. Give them that information and then, what's the old saying? Teach them correct principles and they govern themselves. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. exactly. Yeah, it. and it's amazing. Uh, those who made the custom build outside of what I had planned for them, um, their antennas came out perfect. Awesome. They did the math and it, it, it worked had, out for them. You had the equipment to test out the antenna and show that it worked. And I showed them exactly what it, how the t antenna would play on with a radio and um, with a, a nano VNA and uh, did a frequency sweep on it and showed them and it was like most of them were within uh, a very acceptable range for uh, hooking that antenna to a radio. And were there a couple um, people who built two antennas for, for different frequencies tonight or is it everyone just built one? Uh, there was a couple people, well once they realized that um, they could build a, one antenna to play on multiple bands, Okay. they didn't need to build two antennas. Gotcha. And so they built, they, they custom built the, the, the length of the wire. They cut the wire just right so that it worked on both sets of frequencies. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. And, you know, going back to that, that theory thing, I'm sure that you had it, I had it, where our echoes cut, you know, ram, ram's horn antennas is what they called it. Mm -hmm. But it, now I know it's just a dipole, mm -hmm. you know, uh, for the, the team frequency. And if that antenna didn't work, or we had to switch over and talk to you know Kimley Chill Forces or or someone else, we could quick disconnect and yep. attach yeah. attach the normal antenna. I know we had uh, like I think two antennas with the wires that we um, had them close, and they were strung through through our, our, our webbing. Yeah. 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 yeah, and some people really like that. Then other people, you know, thought that idea is garbage. I don't know. Uh, it worked for us. It, it, the one that I had while I was on. That trip on that frequency, phenomenal. Next trip we come in, we have a different frequency and different echo, and it didn't work as well. So yeah. we went back to using the uh, the long whip for gotcha. the, uh, yeah. the radio. And now, listening to Dan's class, I'm like, oh. So uh, it is theory, but, you know, maybe <laughs> you should do your math a little bit better. Yeah. So tell us, with this information and your background and some of the things you've done, uh, share with us your experience you had in, in Maryland working uh, with those churches. Okay, so um, <laughs> we it's kind of a horrible story, I guess. I don't know. But in, in August uh, 2011, um, Northern Virginia had an earthquake. 
It was a 5.8 on the Richter scale. And we felt it in Maryland. Like I was on the second story of a building, and I'm between a wall and a server rack. It's the first earthquake I've ever felt. And that server rack is like swaying back and forth, wow. locking me against the wall. And, um, and like, you're a little guy, so. Uh, yeah, 6'5 is little, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the floor is rippling, you know. I'm like, holy cow. Um, but they, uh, um, so I go, out to the, I go out to make a phone call to check on the family because they're out doing uh, school clothes shopping. Mm-hmm. And I can't get a hold of them because all circuits are busy. You know, is what happens after every natural event, right? So I'm like, okay. So I pick up the radio and I figure out what's going on and find out that they're, they're, they're safe because my two oldest have their ham license. So I was able to you know, make sure they're safe. Um, four days later, I kid you not, Hurricane Isabel comes up the coast and blows down like every tree in the county because the earthquake had loosened up all the soil. The hurricane came in, blew everything down. So at the time, I was training with the emergency preparedness team for the county, and we um, we had guys in the, the 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 bunker, the World War II bunker they got there in in Leonardtown, Maryland, um, operating as, as the um, backup for the EOC, the Emergency Operations Center, and then we were sending guys out as they could to different firehouses because all the phones and radios are down, and we're relaying over our amateur radio fire calls for the fire department to respond to. Wow. So th- th- this is what gets me into emergency communications, is this event right here. And it's funny, it was our church leader that some previous Sundays got to the podium and said, brothers and sisters, I would like you for this coming week to live on your emergency preparations only. <laughs> and we have an earthquake and a hurricane in the same week. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, uh, inspiration. <laughs> uh so I was soon called as the emergency communications person for our church. You know, that's, they, they, they asked me to take on this role, make up the plan, make sure that all the leadership can be in touch with each other at any given time for this region. So, so you're saying leadership like the, uh, the heads of different congregations at different locations. Yes, that's what absolutely. You, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We have different congregations from Suitland, Maryland, down to uh, Lexington Park, Maryland. Okay. Like seven units, eight units, something oh, like that. Okay. How many square miles for those of us that are on? Uh, figure southern DC down to. Uh, we're talking long distances. <laughs> uh, square miles? Yeah. I don't know. It's, Rough, a, it's like, a lot. Like, it's it's like fifty miles from the top to the bottom. I mean, if not more. Okay. It's it's but it's you know, both sides of the, the peninsula, right? So you got Calvert County and St. Mary's County, Charles County. I mean, it, it goes up into DC. Um, there, there's a lot of coverage that we had to cover. Um, multiple counties, multiple right. counties, okay. multiple counties. Most of the most of the southern, uh, western peninsula of Maryland, basically, is what we had to cover. Um, and they asked me to come up with a communications plan. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So um, I had already established myself with the radio club in in St. Mary's County, and um, I became a licensed instructor. And I started to train operators, and I trained nearly 100 operators, or we, the club, not I, the we, the club, trained 100 operators, um, both in and outside of members of the church. But what we did is we started a, a weekly training session of basically doing the comps on the X. Okay. Relaying, what they call ICS-213, which is the home security version of a basic message, text message that we can, you know, use the phonetic alphabet and... And get the message across. Mm-hmm. And we would train that every Sunday night. And uh, 
And then um, I became really good friends with a guy who owns a really big repeater. And this repeater covers the whole stake or the whole region. And um, all the units are under the umbrella of this system. It's 400 foot tower. It's massive. It's, it's awesome. And I got all, um, at the time we got um, exclusive rights to use that system during an emergency because somebody else burned them and they lost their privileges. So now we're up, right? Treat people with respect, you know. <laughs> yeah, just do some side work for them and, you know, things things happen. <laughs> so Spoken like a good Green Beret. <laughs> <laughs> Networking, right? So, um, so we got the repeater use. So now we're on the repeater every Sunday night doing the same training. And then one Sunday a month we would then break off and then do the cluster training where we would do simplex where I would start a message and I would hand it off to the guy who can hear me the loudest. Or the, the best, mm-hmm. and and I had already we we do a, we do this check to figure out who can hear me and who can't. Everyone is to make a list who they can hear and who they can't. And I would just go through the list and say, "In you three white, how copy?" And that person would he would come back and say, "I hear you, you know, five by five or five nine, right?" Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then, as she would go through the her list, she would find out who could copy her. So we developed this huge tree, this huge network of, of operators that we can then know if the repeater is down, if power is out, the generator goes out, there's no repeater, we can still get the message through. And um, it was a really cool plan. Um, it worked. Never really got a chance to exercise it other than doing our monthly or weekly tests, mm-hmm. but it would have worked. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. Never have to enact an emergency communications plan, you know? Well, you know, I, I moved to Tennessee in 2015, so uh, nothing really happened between then and then before then. So, Cool. Well, that's one of the things that, that we do, we offer as, as a company. You know, consulting is there, and we have already worked and consulted with a couple of different uh, groups, a couple of different churches, and, and and other organizations and stuff to to help with with a lot of things. But Comms Plan is one of them. So those of you who are listening, if that's something that is interesting to Your you, organization, yeah. yeah, whatever again, whatever that organization is, um, contact us. We'd be happy to work with you and and set you up because the more groups, churches, you know, whatever houses of worship, uh, departments, agencies, the more that we can actually communicate and, and be connected when the next emergency occurs, the better off we're all going to be. Absolutely. Cool. I know that uh, one of my personal experiences, I grew up in California. Uh, <laughs> I don't like to say that often, but so we're going to talk about earthquakes. Uh, we had the Northridge earthquake, which was pretty big, uh, and our church had established a visible check it, the boundaries weren't very big it was just one little city, one small town actually um so we had a flag that had a red side and a green side and if you were okay you put the green side out if you needed help you put the red side out and different members of the church would had a responsibility to drive certain streets or walk certain streets it was a, a distance and then they had the ability to report back to someone so this is a non-technical way mm-hmm. that a emergency communication plan. You didn't have to stop and talk to everyone because you just went through an, an emergency experience. Everyone has a, a story they want to share. You don't have that kind of time. You're trying to collect 
and triage who who needs attention. And uh, that was very effective. And I was, you know, this is early 90s, so I was in my young teens. And that has stuck with me my entire life, having that concept of that quick way to communicate in, in a danger or an emergency situation. Even before I you know, joined the Army, became a Green Beret, and all those lessons that I've learned. So this, this applies to all of us. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and there's an organization out there, uh, the, uh, the CERT teams that of each uh, county. Um, I know now, there's two types of CERT teams. So in some places, uh, yeah. that actually is like a stand-in for, for a SWAT team. Oh no no! So, this so, is this so is yeah, uh, yeah. this <laughs> that, is the, the search and rescue type. Yes yes. The the, uh, the the community emergency response teams. It does require some training. There is a live exercise that you have to go through to, re- to receive your certification. However, if you're an amateur radio operator, they love you um, to to go through there because now you they have a communicator for the team, and um, uh, that was the next step for the communicate the emergency communications plan was to get everyone cert certified. Yep. So when FEMA comes in. We don't have to step back. We can then assist them in their efforts to uh, help recover and, and clean up the mess. Because I'm here from the government to help. Yeah. And, and as, as you guys listen, you know, I'm all about being as self-sufficient as possible. want to do as much as I can to take care of my own so then I can help others. Yes. I hate being dependent on, on anyone. Right. Exactly. Yeah. One of my uh, favorite things with Dan is trying to play Stump the Chump. Um I will come up with some concept, some wazoo. Hey, when I was on the team, I had this. And we used to spend 24 hours, you know, 12 hours up here, 12 hours back to Tennessee driving in the car. And, uh, you know, somewhere between, like, Nashville and Knoxville, I, I would be like, hey, you know, on the team I had this uh, I had this little Samsung Note, and I had the ability to see where everyone on the team was. Um, could you make something like that? You know, that's that's a good lead-in. Uh, we're about ready to wrap up, but, yeah, could you talk about that and some of the other projects that I'm working on? Yes, projects you're working on for, for LTAC that yeah, we absolutely. hope to get out soon. Absolutely. Um, we're designing some uh, push-to-talk devices um, that are uh, sealed up, um, but they're, they're, uh, they're, they'll be good for right now. Uh, the connections that I have are for the Chinese-made radios, the, K, the ones that use the K2 plug. Again, we're trying to replicate equipment that we're used to utilizing with commercial off-the-shelf affordable equipment yes um i I got it you know you're not running a 400 hundred dollar set of peltors that you can go scuba diving with no absolutely not no so yeah we're we're uh, making these push the talks and we're also looking at uh making a a microphone adapt adaption for ear protection so i've got a pair of walker ear pros that i've adapted a microphone to i'm on version two of this i yep. think the, the first one was a magnetic mount uh, earth rare earth magnet but it apparently wasn't strong enough so now i've got a clip-on mount so i'm going to test that out and play with that and see how that goes i think it's going to go well the, the audio sounds good yeah the, the clarity i was very impressed with it so uh hopefully, hopefully we'll get those out here very shortly um you know barring any major malfunction in the in the, in the testing and you know now that we're we're saying this we're going to be getting hit up. We're, we're going to be on the hook for yeah, it, right? People going to be asking, "When's that's, this coming out?" That's why we did this to you, Dan. You know, <laughs> that's fine. Life that's fine. I've, I've, got, sure. I've got five or three kits in my in my box I can build tonight if if we if we don't go to sleep. <laughs> so, so, so the first three of you contact us. There you go. Yeah, right. 
And then, uh, so we got, but we got the one headset. So we just found the new microphone uh, a couple weeks ago, and I purchased it and uh, I've been testing it out, and it's playing well. Cool. Uh, I don't know about waterproofing yet, so I'll, maybe tomorrow if we're out shooting, I'll take it out and see how it plays. Um, and then the other one was uh, see the GPS trackers, being able to, to for your the small unit tactics stuff. Um, I've got these uh, little radio boards uh, that are capable of multiple kilometer range. Um, that uh, are tied to a GPS that's capable of a meter and a half or better uh, uh, precision that uh, will then feed all the team's data into a... uh, uh, Those who don't know, um, the military, uh, the government, released some very cool software out to the Google Play Store called ATAC uh, Civ. Um, it's now open source. You can play with it and all that. So I built a plugin that brings in all the team's position data into ATAC, and now we can uh, we can play. So we have our poor man's uh, Blue, Force Blue, Blue Force Tracker. Yep. So, you know, those of us that have military combat experience, uh, we have a love-hate with the Blue Force Tracker. I think it's an item that, when used properly, is a wonderful tool. When used wrong, it's usually because someone's relying far too much on it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think this is going to give us a, a good capability of showing some things that are out there that are doable. We're not talking million-dollar project. Um, no. We have other million-dollar projects we're working <laughs> on. Uh, th- this isn't one. Uh, actually, actually, we do. Right. I'm not kidding okay, about that. Let's not talk anymore about that. Okay, but what I'm talking <laughs> about excited. is... is this is something that um, is available that, that could be made. Again, you have a, a business, you have an organization that they can utilize to know where their people are. Um, you know, large major corporations have this stuff. Yeah. You know, you know Amazon has it because you get the alert when he's five, 10 stops That's away. away. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, but, you know, this is something that you can have. I know that uh, as a parent... <laughs> these these things are great. Um, I think what this could be really useful is like youth camps. Yeah, we got those wide open campgrounds uh, that we get that the youth groups go to, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know it's not kilometers of, of range away. But if every youth had a one of these little devices on them, you that can... that's how Dan and I actually uh, a little backstory on us how we became really good friends. Uh, our wives were they volunteered at a uh, young women's camp. And then we got brought in to like teach self defense and survival and uh, be general, you know, security. Yep. Uh, and, and there were a couple times that we had some uh, interesting inter- characters. Interesting, you know. I mean, I guess you got a, a campground full of teenage girls and the weirdos. You know, it's by a lake. You got some guy that wants to paddle his boat in there and look at the girls in their swimsuits. And it, it was it was very fun because you know I'm staying there. I'm, trying not to be an aggressive person and tell this person to go away. I'm not a, a small guy. I'm, yeah, I'm kind yeah. of, I can be an intimidating person. You're just a big teddy bear. Yeah. What are you talking well, about? <laughs> the guy's kind of arguing with me. Dan shows up. <laughs> I've got Overwatch. I'm yeah. all, I come hauling in there with a, a four-wheeler, and I just <laughs> slide in there. Suddenly the guy changes his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, he thought he could take me, uh-huh. but he took one look at Dan, and he's like, ah, yeah, it's not worth it. I yeah. can go look at something else. Or, um, <laughs> he, he, he's got the, what, the, the level 32 uh, fighter here. He's like, ah, whatever, but then when, when the wizard comes showing up, I'm out. Yeah, I'm yep, done. Yep. <laughs> it, 
it doesn't hurt the fact that the wizard looks like the barbarian. That's right. You know, um, the, Six five, right? Yeah. <laughs> so one of the the fun, you know, most interesting times where we we're at this camp, uh, we get the the park ranger comes. And he's like, yeah. So uh, this weekend, uh, it's the what, the national white supremacist supremacist uh, rally. What uh, will be going on at this other campsite? And so that night, it's like Friday night, and we're like leaving the next day. Um, We've been there all week. But so people are coming to spend the night there. And so Dan and I stand at the front of our our campground to, you know, because we don't want people coming in and turning around and stuff, you know. And we're expecting like uh, a bunch of skinheads, whatever, you Mm -hmm. know. We had a few. But the the funniest... That that car full of the uh, yes yes not skinheads they they They're actually like, more like hippies no no the, the ones that wanted to use the shower that was funny okay but no I'm talking about the guys that were trying to find Memphis oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, they yeah. they were a little little darker um, they definitely were in the wrong place uh huh and we were very quick to be like okay it's not us but this is how you get back to the highway and, yeah. and you should probably get back to the highway. Be careful. Yes. Yeah, please be careful. Um, yeah. So yeah, we, we had some interesting times out there. And, uh, yes, one of these this tracker system would have been phenomenal out there because that was many times you and I walk in the woods just making sure that no one had gotten lost or separated. Yeah, absolutely. Any last words of wisdom? Anything else? Uh, guys, uh, get out there. Uh, before the government figures out how to charge, take your $35 from you, go get your amateur radio license. <laughs> the clock uh, is ticking. The clock is ticking. Um, it's not so much uh, a license to g- that limits you once you get your license. Once you get your amateur radio license, you are cleared hot to experiment, to play, to make things work the way you want it to work. And, you know, the, the, all the little devices that have the little part, FCC part, you know, things that this device must accept interference, well, they're talking about you, you know, if you're licensed. You, they, they have to accept it. So um, not, not that we're going to be, you know, mean people about it and, 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 and go destroy other people's equipment that we're using our, our radio equipment, but go play, go experiment, figure out what works for you, um, learn the theories, the principles. Yes, it's theory. Um, <laughs> yes. And, 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 I told you. Right, but, but, but eventually it becomes real application. Uh, and uh, I'm still learning. I've only, I've been in amateur radio now for 11 years, and I spent all of January learning new techniques and how to do it. And uh, technology is evolving, and it's a lot of fun. Cool. Well, thank you, Dan. You're a real asset to to us and, and to everything that we do. Thank you for uh, you know, not only making the trip today and teaching us two classes, but spending some, enough time, you know, some of your beauty sleep to. <laughs> to talk with us tonight so we can do this podcast. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Now I radio clearance, over. That's Clarence, over. Over. Roger. Huh? Roger, over. What? Hey! Who?